Shrink Think Podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Nathan. And we're both licensed professional counselors in Oregon here to open up our lives and minds with you. We are your companion on the journey to grow your healthcare practice, yourself, and your relationships. To get you started, we've got a free email course on our website, shrinkthinkpodcast.com forward slash course with practical steps on overcoming your fear and anxiety. Thank you for joining us on the Shrink Think Podcast. Hey there, welcome to another episode of the Shrink Think Podcast. We are taking a little bit of a, a step backward here, um, kind of going to the basics. Uh, I'm not even sure how this came about, but we realized just in thinking about the process of going to therapy, um, working with a counselor, that it kind of assumed in the in that process is you got to have like some sort of a diagnosis or maybe there's some part of the process where you're like, well, I don't want to go to therapy because I don't have a mental illness. I'm not one of those people or my issue isn't that bad or even like I don't want to find out if I have a mental illness. <laughs> <laughs> Can you please just tell me I'm OK and <laughs> send me on my way? Um, so we kind of want to unpack that a little bit and talk about it kind of from the standpoint of what is what is mental illness? What does that even mean when people are talking about that? And then why is that important to you, the consumer, if you will? And, and I'm using that word consumer because in a sense, if you're considering going to therapy or if you're already going to therapy, then it's something that you you probably want to know and need to know. Maybe you already know it to some degree, but it's and it's important for you to know to make an informed decision about your therapy. So, Nathan, let's get started in this topic of what is mental illness in the first place. Yes, I will start with a definition, and I want you all out there to know the seriousness of this definition and to take it serious, which means I have to read it differently so that it will go on your wonderful little ears into your little brains. So what is it? Mental illnesses or health conditions involving changes in emotion, thinking, or behavior, or a combination of these. Mental illnesses are associated with distress and or problems in functioning, social work, or family, you guessed it right, activities. So yeah, you know, with all that, basically, at the point that you decide that you need some kind of help, you have a mental illness. Welcome to the jungle. Congratulations. <laughs> that was from Nathan, not from Aaron. <laughs> so if you hate any of us, hate him. <laughs> yeah. Blame it on him. Well, and I think the reason I was thinking of doing this topic is because when you back up and, and look at why people, what, what people are saying, like... Often in the news, a while ago, I heard, um, I don't know, there was some news thing that I was listening to kind of half-heartedly in the background. And it was, they were saying like, America is struggling with mental illness, something like that. And they were, they were saying one in five people are mentally ill. And I was like, one in five people, that is a lot, man. And I was thinking, yeah, I mean, they are looking at it that way because the statistics um, that they build all of that on are generally through medical insurance companies. And so when you're coming in to therapy, if you want your insurance, like Blue Cross or whoever that you have, to pay for the counseling process, then you get to have a diagnosis. And as soon as you have a diagnosis, you are mentally ill, buddy. Sorry, little brother. It's time to get a little bit better in counseling. 
Yeah, I don't know if you know that, but it, it's important for you to know that kind of from the, the background standpoint as a therapist, in order for us, it, and it's just like anything else, if you're in the medical community, if you're a doctor, if you're a dentist, if you are a chiropractor, um, any of those things, you're billing insurance in order to get reimbursement as the provider, but also to provide the service at a lower cost with uh, with the, the client, the patient, just paying like a copay or a co-insurance, you know, like a $20, $30 fee or whatever. And so in order to do that, there's a code that gets submitted for the service that's being provided and, and all kinds of different services have different codes. Like if you're doing lab work with a doctor, if you're getting a chiropractic adjustment, if you're doing outpatient therapy, or if you're doing an office visit with your physician, all those have different codes, right? And each code is based off of a, like a medical necessity. Like, do you need to be coming here? And, and does this provider need to be rendering those services? And in order for the insurance company to justify paying for it, they need to know that you've got some sort of a legitimate diagnosis or mental illness. Are you actually mentally ill? Because if you are, then we'll pay for it. But if you're not, if you're just like, well, I stubbed my toe this morning and it hurts really bad. And will you comfort me? And they're like, no, we're not going to pay for that. <laughs> will you comfort me? You guys would be surprised how often we get calls from people who stub their toe. <laughs> I know I would be surprised. <laughs> it's quite a surprise when you get that phone call. I'm still waiting for it. <laughs> Insurance companies do not want to pay for that, obviously. Uh, so in order for us to bill for those services, we need to have a diagnosis, which means there need to be a legitimate set of like quantifiable circumstances, issues, symptoms that are going on in your life in order to justify providing those services and insurance companies paying for it. So all that's like behind the scenes. When you come to a therapist, they're, uh, they're giving you a diagnosis They're probably talking with you a little bit about, well, it sounds like you're depressed or maybe you've got some anxiety or you, you've got trauma or, you know, you just lost your job and you're going through this big adjustment, you know, th that kind of stuff. In the therapy world, all of that stuff is not called mental illness per se. It's all a disorder. You've got this disorder, that disorder, everything is a disorder, but basically all those things are categories of mental illnesses. So that's kind of the background. I want you to know that. So when you're going in, you can be informed. Like that's just part of the process. From a therapist standpoint, I think the majority of us probably feel this way. We don't look at you like a problem. We look at you like a human being that has problems that a lot of human beings have. So you're not the problem. It's that you're experiencing some of these symptoms and you want to get better from them. So in order to actually provide the service and get the insur uh, insurance reimbursement and, or to let you use your insurance, we've got to provide a diagnosis. And so it's kind of a hoop that we have to jump through, if you will. It's a, a formality that we have to do in order to provide you those services. But I want you to know we don't look at you as a problem. And part of why I wanted to look into or speak on this subject is because oftentimes, you know, when you hear the one in five people have mental are mentally ill, um, Probably you're actually thinking when you think, whoa, um, the whoa that you're having is about the 5%. There's about 5% of people that are what's called severely mentally ill. So what that, there's a thing in our field called um, SPMI, kind of just call it that. It's severe and persistent mental illness. These are the things, a layer or a grade worse, and they would land in what we, what I would call disease. This is like, these are disease scenarios that um, you would treat just like, 
kind of like cancer, like trying to, you know, it's like playing whack-a-mole with some of these things to try to get rid of them. Back in the day, not to get too much in the weeds, but I really think that this will be helpful for you to understand that we used to have up until I think 2014 or so, um, a way to break down mental health disorders from clinician to clinician and to, or clinician to physician differently. We had gradient. So there was like what's called an axis one disorder. That would be something like generalized anxiety or having an adjustment disorder. An adjustment disorder means you are trying to adjust to something that just changed in your life and you're not doing well. And that's really low level, but it fits on axis one. Axis two disorders are things like schizophrenia and um, mental uh, disabilities like handicaps. And I believe personality disorders were on there as well. Right. Like borderline personality disorder, narcissistic personality disorder, things like that, that are really, really severe and, and persistent. Like the kind of thing that you don't typically just get over. You learn how to manage. Right. And so then they had it breaking down farther than that to saying, hey, are there any other medical conditions? And then also that was axis three and axis four was like what's going on in their life? You know, like how is this thing shaping itself up? And I think a lot of times when we hear mental illness and you're watching the news or whatever, what you're thinking of is like what used to be known as axis two disorders, which there's not as many people with those, quite frankly. But over the course of time, we spoke this on other podcasts um, as far as the breakdown of how people feel towards mental health counseling. They now people are more likely to want to just come in and do personal growth. And so I guess I wanted to help you folks see that like personal growth, when you come in for and you're just doing personal growth and you're trying to figure yourself out, if you're using your insurance to pay for that, then you have a diagnosis. And that doesn't I just wanted you to understand what that means. The other side of that coin, too, is if you don't know what that is, you can ask. I mean, and you probably should ask your therapist and say, hey, what what uh, what do you what have you diagnosed me? I know we're using my insurance. Yeah, and, and technically speaking, I guess just to put a little bit of a disclaimer out there, if you're one to do personal growth, but you're not experiencing anything, uh, anything uncomfortable or anything dysfunctional in your life, technically speaking, we can't bill your insurance for that. Because again, it's like stubbing right. your toe. It's like, oh, well, I just would like to be better about this. I recognize that I have these negative thought patterns. It's not really affecting anything in my life, but I don't want it there well, technically speaking, it's not really impairing your life in any way, your, your social, emotional uh, work functioning. And so technically speaking, we can't give you a diagnosis for that because that is not a mental illness. Right. And some of you may have ran into that where you've tried to go to a counselor and they talk to you and go, well, you don't really. I mean, it sounds like you could do like a life coach or we could we could meet, um, but I can't bill your insurance and justify that because you really don't have a mental illness per se. Think of it like if you like you are wanting to change things, you're having a good spot. You're like, you know, things can be better than this versus if you are sick, like meaning you call in from work because you have a cold and it's really lame and you just need to just basically have the opportunity to sleep throughout the day. I would put that as a mental illness. And then versus on the other hand side, if you have like cancer, a mental disease, right? So it's kind of the same gradient scale. But if you're just thinking all of a sudden that you have like something that you want to grow with and, and think more seriously about, that's not necessarily a mental illness. It's like you you slept a little bit wrong and every time you try to look to the left, your neck hurts a little bit. You're like, oh, that's difficult. And assuming you don't have like a physically laborious job, like 
yeah, it's uncomfortable, but if you're just sitting at a desk looking forward, then don't look left, buddy. <laughs> it's uncomfortable, but you can go to work. It's That's not the kind of thing that would, would be considered a mental illness. Right. So all that to say, when you're going to consume services, like looking out there for other counselors and that kind of thing, um, I think knowing what it is that you're doing and then the other side of it is is understanding what that means. So I'll, I'll take this to another level. Let's say, and I've worked, we worked with this before. We were talking about this earlier. So let's say that you are looking to get in the military, right? And there's a bunch of stigma around mental health and going to the military. All you have to do um, is simply not tell the military that you have been to mental health counseling. That's basically it. And they will not crack the seal of that that piece of your medical record. If you tell them, yep, I've been to counseling, they're going to, they, they are obliged. They have no choice but to investigate what that means. Yeah. And so from that standpoint, if you are one of those people who is considering getting into the military or something like that, where some of that is either frowned upon or it's looked into and it's, it's considered part of your record, your file, you can get around that, um, like Nathan is saying, by also just not using your insurance. Um, or I guess the other direction that we also wanted to speak to this as well is if you were uncomfortable with having some sort of a diagnosis, maybe it's it would be helpful for you to know, but you don't necessarily want it written down anywhere in your chart, in your medical record history. You can avoid that by, by going to a therapist that you can still get those services. Uh, you just won't be able to use insurance. You just have to tell the therapist, Hey, I'd like to come for these reasons. I'd like to work on these things. I don't want to use my insurance. I'm going to be paying out of pocket. And so that means basically you're, I'm going to be paying the full fee, whatever your fee is. And I'm going to be paying cash, check, card, whatever that they accept. And I can let the therapist know, hey, can you please not give me a diagnosis? Please do not. not don't write that in my chart. You can say these are the issues I'm working on. And here's what we're going to be working toward uh, working on to get toward those goals or how we're going to achieve those. But I don't want that given an actual diagnosis. There, there may be situations um, even in light of that, that end up where you end up having to have a conversation with your therapist though. Cause like I'm thinking Aaron, as you're saying that there could be somebody that like they go in thinking, and this is, this is, uh, you know, not denigrating anything, but pretty typical of this disorder. I'm going to mention bipolar, like everything's wonderful and great, but they just thought like, oh, okay, I'm depressed sometimes. I'm going to go in there. And now you're in there with this therapist who's realizing like you have bipolar disorder. Like this is not something you are not just going to simply be able to go in the military <laughs> and navigate this stuff. So now on the one hand, you don't have a diagnosis, but you do have a mental illness. This is not simply just personal growth that you think it is. And your therapist is needing to have a conversation with you about the fact that, like, military might not be the best move, bro, because medication is typical for that type of um, disorder. And also diet and exercise, which may be a thing that you can do in the military for a while there, at least for the first, you know, six months of your training, that where they're on you like white on rice and a glass of milk and a paper plate in a snowstorm. That's Boom. a lot of weight. <laughs> um, but the problem is, is that, and I, I'm, we're not, I'm not trying to focus over on the military. I'm just, we're just talking about situations of context of life that end up putting a lot of pressure in, on mental health for folks. That medication is 
not as easy in the military. Like they, you, you, they don't really want you on stuff during basic training because there's no way to navigate that when your schedule's completely messed up. So these things, all these, there really are disorders. I guess is my point. Even if you're trying to think that you don't have one and you don't want it to look that way, um, having that conversation with your therapist of even saying like, okay, I don't want this on my chart, but what is really going on? Like, I do, am I definable? Like, am I somehow like technically a disorder out there, you know? Yeah. And I think it's worth saying, maybe getting into this just a little bit, like just to separate it out, you're talking about having something written down, going into your chart. It's like a label or a, you know, a a categorization for you that's going somewhere. That's one piece of it. The other side that you're describing is, well, even if I don't want that written down, I might actually still have this, these issues or these symptoms or this mental illness. And I think that's kind of getting into this other piece. I think that's worth noting at this point, which is, okay, so you've got these symptoms or, or maybe you have this technical diagnosis, but you're not going to call it that for these reasons. It still means that you have these body of symptoms that need to be addressed. And for therapists to say, oh, you've got this disorder or you've got this issue like, you, you know, anxiety, trauma, depression or whatever, all that's really trying to say is, You've got a bunch of symptoms that are really common. You know, when we're looking at the DSM, the Diagnostical and Statistical Manual that we use to give a diagnosis for somebody, all that is is really just a cluster of descriptions based on statistics of people that have what you have. These are the common traits, the common symptoms, the progression of what it looks like, how it manifests itself in the mind, the body, all that kind of stuff. So it's like pretty well known that this is what it looks like. We're just trying to identify, okay, I think you fit these symptoms. And that's helpful to us because when we say you fit these symptoms, we can say, and here's what we know works for that. So if you look at it from that standpoint, um, you might not want a diagnosis on paper, but it is helpful for you to know, yeah, what is my diagnosis? Because if you have bipolar disorder, for example, then it looks like this and here's how you treat it. We've got some well-known um, pathways and treatments that strategies that can help you both psychologically and medically to help you manage it to grow to feel better and to improve your life you know one of the other things on top of that Aaron is that in the mental health field you're talking about people that love people generally they want to help people and so there's a huge push you're it's gonna you're gonna be hard pressed to find a mental health therapist that wants to label you it's like, let me give you a fat label, bro. This is going to be so exciting. I mean, pretty much everybody's like, even in the back, like if I peel the veil back, right? So we're all these therapists in a CEU or a CEU, like a continuing education unit that we're taking that some, like it used to be at a conference center or whatever. People will regularly ask the question like, I don't, or they'll say, I don't want to pathologize people. So, you know, blah, 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 blah. And what that essentially means is I don't want to label them and say that they are a problem, how am I going to help them without doing that? And so really what we've done, and this is why the DSM actually changed back in 2014, is that they were trying to figure out ways to to remove mental health stigmas, right? And we've talked about that a little bit on a previous podcast, but I want to reiterate it right now, that what we're doing as therapists is trying to find the most likely thing that kind of fits you, but that is the least stigmatizing. So one perfect example of that is working with children. So 
if you children, their diagnoses are more likely to kind of follow them around through school and that kind of thing. And so if you give, for example, a diagnosis of like conduct disorder or something like that, um, or bipolar or something that's like that people, that teachers or other people automatically hear and they go, well, I've seen that kid before. Like, I don't know, I know exactly what this kid looks like. And they haven't even met this kid. They've never talked to this kid. And so what we do as therapists is try to go, okay, does he really fit conduct disorder? Like, could it be something else that doesn't sound that nasty that somebody's going to have a bunch of thoughts in their head up front? Right. And, and so just kind of in closing, it's helpful for us to know what those descriptors are, what the cluster of symptoms are. Because generally speaking, we can save a lot of time by assessing, okay, you, I think you fit this. It might look specific to you or look a little bit different to you because every person is different and they interact with those issues differently. You know, they respond to them differently. But when we have a pretty good idea of what it is, we know generally how to treat it. So we're kind of looking at it from the standpoint of, okay, I have a sense of this is what's going on for you and we now have a path forward. So it's a helpful thing. So hopefully this episode was um, was not stigmatizing for you. We, we want you to have information. I know it's kind of a lot of like detail, a lot of kind of behind the scenes stuff. Maybe it's not super sexy, but we hope that it gave you some good information to know how to enter your treatment, how to work with your therapist. If you are working with a therapist, you're welcome to talk to them about this, and I'm sure they would be open with you about it. So as usual, thank you for listening. We're, we love having you guys here. We want to help you maximize your therapy experience. Thank you for listening. Yeah, and have a great day, guys. Thanks for listening to our show. Don't forget to head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts to leave us a review and subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also visit our website at www.shrinkthinkpodcast.com forward slash course and sign up for our free email course nine ways to overcome fear and self-doubt and you'll get nine weeks worth of customized practical strategies you can use to get past the fear that's holding you back in your life thanks again for listening 